once upon a time, in a world with faith and fairness, there was something hidden. Down the boundary! He's gonna go! Pitch on the way for Mikulacic. Swing and a miss! Mikulacic gets the strikeout! And for the first time in school history, the Bearcats are going to the Super Regionals! Get ready for a next-level show. Hello and welcome to Chasing the Cup. I'm your host, Jason Barfield. We're going to talk women's basketball today on the show as Raven Justice, the head coach of the Sam Houston women's team, will join us. We're going to talk a little bit about the way last season ended and what she's expecting from her team this year as they get set to kick off a basketball campaign with a lot of high hopes. All of that coming up next here on Chasing the Cup. Hey, Bearcats, take your membership on the go by downloading the Sam Houston State University Alumni Cat app today. Not a member yet? Join the Sam Houston Alumni Association or renew in seconds to enjoy exclusive national benefits on dining, entertainment, and much more. Now that you're in, take some time to explore your exclusive member benefits, read the latest edition of Heritage Magazine, or find an alumni event near you. Click on our travel tile to sign up and explore the globe with our traveling Bearcats, or stay connected to alumni in your area as you take your membership everywhere. Come hang out with the Alumni Association as we tailgate some of the biggest games of the year by showing your alumni member card that is now in the palm of your hand. Download the SHSU Alumni Cat app today in the iTunes or Google Play Store or visit shsu.edu slash cat app. Eat em up, cats! Bearcat fans, the new athletic logos have been released. Now is the time to update all of your old stuff. Head to BearcatGear.com and shop for the latest in apparel, hats, drinkware, accessories, and more. Also, check out the Under Armour section and wear what the cats will be wearing this year. You can get it all today at BearcatGear.com. And welcome back to Chasing the Cup. We're now joined in studio by women's basketball head coach, Raven Justice. Coach, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, let's talk uh, a little bit about the way last season ended. And, uh, you know, the last time you and I sat in this studio, it was, you know, early March. We were talking about the tournament and really the, you know, what you guys were anticipating being a, a good, strong showing at the tournament. And then y'all were in the arena down in Katy when everything came to a stop. Just talk to me a little bit about what that was like and kind of watching that unfold. It was definitely surreal. Um, I think the biggest thing was, you know, we're trying to process it as we're sitting there in the gymnasium. And so um, I think the biggest thing that you want to worry about is your student athletes because you have seniors that season just stopped and ended. And so going in, you know, we were excited about the opportunity to be um, where we were, um, but we didn't understand exactly the ins and outs. We had heard about the virus, didn't exactly know what it was like other people. But when the season ended, it just did so much to our upperclassmen because they knew that their season was done. And there's no way you can console someone on that day that everything just stops bouncing. Um, I think the plus to it and the positive was um, Bobby Williams was there with me to kind of help um, talk with our upperclassmen about this is life. It's bigger than basketball right now. 
it's a it's a, a world problem, not just a basketball problem. So it was disappointing, but it's just it's one of those life situations that everybody's trying to learn and adjust at the same time. From your perspective, as you're sitting there with your team and you know, you, you see the players are warming up on the floor for the early game on the morning in the women's tournament. And then you see, you know, John Williams, the deputy commissioner of the Southland, come over and he's talking to the officials and they pull everybody off the floor. What were you thinking about in that moment? My initial reaction was, okay, we're going to delay the games. Now, that's what you're thinking because you're thinking that he's coming over to say, hey, let's delay the games to make sure that everything's okay. Um, we had heard some other conferences had canceled. So we thought it was going to be a delay situation. But once we got the news, you're like, hold on, is this real or, you know, is this TV? So you really don't understand it until they're asking everybody to leave the gym because the teams are warming up. They give the news. Both teams are distraught. You know, I think it was Southeastern and it was um, New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were both distraught. And, you know, watching those student athletes break down on the floor, even though they're not your student athletes, you understand it because you turn to your right and it's your student athletes who's having that same emotional display. So, you know, at first you're trying to, to grasp it and then you're trying to understand it. But I think in reality you just know, hey, like we're about to get on the bus, tell these kids they're done, and head back to Huntsville without any explanation of why this ended. Yeah, and you talked about having Bobby Williams there, but how difficult was that conversation with your team? We had six seniors. And so, you know, I thought that it was going to be one of those situations where I can walk in a room and because they're they're mature. We had great leadership last year. And I thought it was going to be a situation where someone was going to be reacting as I understand it, but it was not that at all. Everybody was crying. Um, they're emotional. Um, they were upset. They were disappointed. And so, you know, it's kind of like it's for the first time as a coach you feel defeated because you don't know what to do. Um, you don't understand it, but you're trying to make sure that um, you show compassion to those players at that time. But it was it was one of those situations where, Jason, I have to be honest, like you're defeated as a coach because you don't really know how to comfort your kids in that situation. When you look at the way the offseason kind of played out, and there were still so many – uncertainties and unknowns you know how did you approach April May June as y'all started building towards a season that you weren't sure if when what it was going to look like you know I think the the biggest thing was April um, because you're like should we start postseason basketball or should you know we give these kids a break mentally because you know at that time I think that those returners was like I'm not working out we're not going to have a season next year um, the country's shutting down so why should I do that I think it didn't start really processing that, hey, basketball is going to move forward into June, you know, when we start seeing other schools bringing kids back for summer access and things of that nature. Um, I think the hardest part is exactly what you said, the uncertainty. Like, how do you push a kid um, in the offseason when they're uncertain if they're really going to have a season? Should they just go into the workforce? Should they graduate early? You have all those situations that you're trying to deal with um, as a coach. Um, but I think June gave us kind of a leeway to, hey, you know, everybody's preparing, you know, so they gave those kids an understanding like, look, everybody's working out. So there's going to be a season, even if you didn't think so or not, you know, I think that's when everybody kind of got comfortable. What's been the biggest hurdle, challenge, whatever to overcome here, you know, in the last two months now, as as things started to really shape up that, yes, indeed, y'all are going to be able to play um, the, in, the NBA bubble. I think that that gave us everybody hope. Even though we everybody knows that we can't afford a bubble, 
at the level that we are. But, you know, you were able to see basketball. You was able to see people be safe and play basketball. You was able to kind of see the atmosphere of not having fans. You were able to see them make something happen that nobody thought um, was feasible. So I think that was the, the biggest thing. The second thing was, you know, um, seeing football being played. Um, in the summer, um, football teams working out and things of that nature. Um, but the biggest hurdle that we had to to get over with our level in women's basketball was just the the conditioning aspect of it. You know, those kids hadn't been playing ball since March. So, you know, it was one of those situations where, you know, um, that's a big hurdle because you don't want to get anyone hurt just coming back in the summer and working out in August when everybody was allowed to come back. So that was a that was a big um, bump in the road for us is just trying to get back into basketball um, semi-shape. Another big challenge, and it's something that everybody across the country, it doesn't matter what level you're playing at, has been building a schedule. What has that process been like for you? Oh, my gosh. It has been, it has been difficult. Um, I would tell anybody that, you know, no coach knew what their schedule was going to be until last week. And if you said you did, you, you're kind of kidding yourself because the, 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 the start date changed. Not only did that change, but the requirements of institutions, who would have to quarantine, who wouldn't have to quarantine, um, how far you can travel outside of um, the state and things of that nature. Um, it was so challenging um, due to the fact that we try to make sure that we play a game in each one of our seniors' hometown, or if not, their hometown's close. And so when it takes you, it takes you on that roller coaster where your family's probably not going to be able to watch you play. Plus, they can't fly here because they can't quarantine when they get back for their job. Yeah. So you know that was that was challenging because that is something we try to award our seniors with is giving them a a home court experience with their family. Um, the other thing was just putting together a schedule, a non conference schedule to get to get you ready for conference. Um, I think the biggest challenge was you know every institutions are different. The COVID policies are different for schools. Um, but the biggest concern is who's going to be healthy when you get on that bus. So, you know, it was it was challenging and, and very, very uh, unorganized for a moment. All right. And we're probably going to use this phrase a lot. But as of now, mm-hmm. you are looking at six non-conference games. Yes. Um, opening up with two at home against Midwestern State, Central Baptist. How important was that for you to be able to have a, a couple of home games to get the season started? It was crucial. It was crucial for so many reasons because – we don't know what the policies are going to look like on game day. You know, um, I don't know how my kids are going to react to having to get somewhere early, but you're just getting there to test. Um, then you have to get there and you designated seating um, so that everybody stays safe. Um, then our warm-up changes um, from the warm-up time, um, how they come out for captains and things of that nature. So, you know, it was our, our game day routine has changed dramatically. And so we definitely wanted to have that experience at home before we took that act on the road. Um, and was just out of sync and, and couldn't get it together. And then you challenge yourself. You've got three really good games on the road, Tulsa, UTEP, and then Texas A&M. Talk to me about those three games. I think the biggest thing um, in that in that stretch of games is just trying to find some chemistry. We have a lot of new faces. Um, and so you want to be challenged kind of early to see where you need to grow, um, to see where you can be a better basketball team. Um, Tulsa is an American conference, like you said. They have a lot of returners, so we're going to be challenged there. Um, UTEP um, have a strong um, guard play. Um, one of their kids is just on the Nancy Liberan, um, um watch list. So, I mean, they're going coming in with experience and um, some really, really good players. And, and them, they're going to be top 
10 in the country, top 15, you know. Um, so, you know, all those, that stretch of basketball is going gonna, gonna to help us grow mentally, physically. It's going to challenge us early. But the biggest thing is it's going to give us an idea of where we need to get better at before we go to conference. And, and talking about before you go to conference, you're going to come home, you get one more game. You get UTSA here at home, a good, probably comparable opponent to what you're going to see across the league. How important was that game? I think that that's probably our biggest um, – evaluation period and what, what I mean by that is um, we'll be challenged early you know we have a long stretch on the road then we'll come back and we'll see if we can put it all together um, so I think the the biggest challenge right there is going to be is our depth did we get better um, and growing our depth on the road um, and those tough challenging moments and things like that um, UTSA challenged us last year on the road I think we only won by a couple of points so um, they're a caliber team that's going to prepare us it's, it's what it's going to look like every night in conference so, you know, that is something that was important for us to get um, right before going into conference. And then one of the biggest changes with this schedule that you don't typically have is kind of a long layoff. You, you've you got a big gap before you start Southland play. Um, but do you think that could maybe be a benefit this year just in the nature of things of kind of give you a chance to play six games and then step back and maybe take a breath and 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 kind of assess where you are? I think every team will finally be in shape by then. Um, I think it, it gives everybody not only that um, that mental break, but it also gives everybody an understanding, our, have we completed enough games um, to have a successful year? I'm kind of like you, you know, that break is going to be needed because, you know, um, we don't exactly know exactly if somebody's going to miss a game, you know, with the testing protocols or things like that. But I welcome the needed break. I know a lot of people – um, don't I wanted a 20 game schedule, um, but I think that in a in hindsight, it's probably the best thing for everybody in conference. How prepared do you think your team is? The girls are to be a little flexible, knowing going into this, knowing that you know this is the schedule today, but there may be some changes along the way. How do you think your team could possibly adapt to something like that? You know, I think we've done a lot of that um, in the non conference. Uh, we'll, we'll switch our practices at the last minute. Um, we'll also change our practices. Um, we'll also take people out of rotations um, for long periods of time um, because we it's the unknown. This is the season of unknown. We don't know exactly what um, every game is going to look like. We don't know what every opponent is going to look like. Um, we might shut the game day and our opponent don't play. So um, we're trying to do a lot of that, those type of situations early on um, because I think the, the craziest part is like, yeah, we're having a season, but – what is this season going to consist of? And so um, we're trying to do some of those things. No, is it going to be exactly like game experience and things like that? No, but we're trying to prepare for those situations. When you look at, um, you know, the, the roster makeup and what you've got of your team, you know, just kind of what can we expect to see from the squad this year? Um, I think um, we'll be excited to watch. Um, we have great um, – a one-two punch coming back with Faith Cook, um, Amber Leggett, you know. But I think um, a kid that didn't get enough respect last year was Courtney Cleveland. I think she kind of was behind the scenes, but she led us in a lot of categories that you can't count with deflections, um, guarding the toughest player, um, being that person that I could play in any position. So I think we're going to be exciting to watch. I think the biggest thing, like I said earlier, is making sure the chemistry and the gelling um, comes into play early on in our non-conference games. Um, another thing you you have opportunity to see is Kaylee Jefferson. Um, she played midway through the year last year. I think she's somebody that that's fun to watch as well. And Maddie, Maddie's coming along. Maddie Baptista's coming along as well. So you know, I think that although we have a lot of new faces, I think the the returners will will 
will be able to give you a great basketball showing. Um, whether we win or lose, I think that will be fun to watch. And, and Kaylee Jefferson was actually one of the ones I wanted to talk about because, you know, that is a tough situation to step in mid-year. And, and you know, so you're jumping in right into conference play. Yes. And so, you know, sometimes there is that adjustment period. What do you expect to see from her now that you'll have a full season to get her in the mix? I think the the thing that we're going to see from Kaylee Jefferson is consistency. Um, she's very energetic, you know. Um, I was talking to my, my staff last week, and she doesn't get enough credit for the positive energy that she brings every day. Um, she's pretty consistent in that right there. Um, last year she was behind two seniors, Kiara McKinney, Lachey Haynes. So, you know, she just stepped in where she needed to. Now she's asked to play a bigger role, and I think she's comfortable with that, and I think she can. I think the biggest thing is, like, me and you both know, um, going to play in those big, long minutes – to those short minutes is the adjustment that she's going to have to make. Yeah, you bring up Lachey Haynes and, you know, the the tenacity that she brought to the floor. Kind of who do, who is that player that maybe can bring some of that grittiness, that toughness that she brought to your team? Oh, man, that, that is tough. Um, it's so early right now. Um, Jason, I'd be lying if I said I've seen somebody with that. Um, I know a couple of players that, that's working at it. And like I said, Courtney Cleveland is somebody that's, that's tough and physical. Um, I think Shamika Tubbs, when she gets healthy, she can bring that. But Lachey was just a different beast. Like there, you didn't have to ask her to play hard. You didn't ask her to have to go get a rebound. Um, she was, you knew what you were going to get every night. That came natural. That to her. came natural for her. Um, whether she scored it or whether she didn't, you knew that on the other side of that ball, Lachey Haynes was going to bring something. And you know that is something we're definitely going to miss. But you hope and um, pray that the that people coming in and the returners understand that's a need for every mm-hmm. team and that we can fulfill that early. That you, that they can possibly see that that's a void that needs to be filled and, and can somebody can step up and kind of fill that role. Absolutely. And I, I'm hoping that is Courtney um, Cleveland, but she has a, she has a lot on her plate right now with what we're already asking of her. So just hope that somebody else can pick up the slack right there. So you just finished your second year through, um, and you've gotten two years now of looking at the Southland Conference. What's your impressions of the league and, have they changed over the last two years now that you've kind of gone through this cycle? Um, I think my impression is that every night you have to come prepared to play. You know, um, that is very impressive because you have leagues where that you already know who the one-two team is going to be and everybody else is fighting for the scraps at the bottom. But um, that's what I've been most impressed with is that, that every night is going to be a challenge. You have to bring your best game. Um, I think from my first year, um, I thought that the league was very, very guard-heavy. And, you know, I was like, oh, gosh, you got to have great guard play to be successful. And I think last year kind of changed a little bit um, with just being all around better. Um, a lot of post players were doing things that um, I hadn't seen in the first year. So um, that I think that's the biggest change from the first to second year is that, you know, um, I went from a front-end a front end play of all guards to all around basketball players um, within the conference. Do you feel like it's also a situation with the way that y'all have changed the program and that – Maybe the league, y'all can start establishing something where the league maybe has to make some adjustments according to what y'all are doing. Um, yes, I think that, you know, um, like I said, when we first got here, um, I don't think that we we were a team that that played hard every night. Um, and then I think when I got here, even though we, we weren't putting together great games, we played hard and we competed. And um, what that did for the league, I think personally, is it gave um, it gave everybody an opportunity to see what each team was about each night because – it, it does get overwhelming when you know you're going to go in and lose by 20 and 30, and that's what my kids were used to when I first got here. And us being able to compete right away, it kind of changed the 
not perspective, but it kind of changed the persona of who we were as a basketball team. And it gave my kids an opportunity to go in very confident. So speaking of, obviously, one of the teams that everybody likes to talk about in this league is that SFA rivalry. Your impressions of the rivalry? Um, I've, <laughs> I've, maybe I didn't understand it, and I'm from Texas. I've always known the Sam Houston State and Stephen F. Austin um, rivalry. But you see more of it from a football aspect um, because of the Piney Wood games and things of that. Um, and I've been to many basketball games as well. I think what I didn't, um, didn't get a chance to experience is just the – the hunger from the teams um, because our kids hadn't really been competitive the last four years in that rivalry. And so when we became competitive, it just changed everything our kids wanted to do that week prior. You know, that was what they talked about, you know. Um, and so you have to make them understand you have to be very good overall, just not on rivalry night. And so, you know, that's what I was most impressed with is that those kids took it personal. And sometimes, you know, a rivalry game is kind of like the Texas and Texas and I mean, Texas and Texas and them. Everybody else, but the kids are just looking at it as another game, even though it's a rivalry game. And that's what we wanted our kids to get to is that, hey, it's another game. You know, you want to beat your rival. You want the bragging rights. But you have to be good overall to keep that rival going. So, you know, I think that was very impressive. And I, I was kind of happy that our seniors had an opportunity to win one of those games before they left here. Who wants to go four years and not win a rival game? And so I think that was the, the positive mark that we had the opportunity to have. Did you find yourself having to change maybe the approach the week of the game and just try to do something to control the emotions a little bit? Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, my first year, we had to change practice. Overall, we had to we had to practice early in the morning um, due to the fact that our kids was already so excited about it that we had to we had to kind of like mellow it out. So you know, my first year here, we practiced at six o'clock from that Monday all the way to that Thursday, um, just to try to keep our kids sane um, because they were they had the itch already. So yes, that first year we did. The second year was a little bit better, um, but the first year we did have to change a lot. So what's when you look at this year, your third year, what are the expectations of the team? What do you want to see from them come March? Um, I, I want them to be a team that, you know, um, I thought that my first year um, we fell short in the tournament. You know, I think that, that even though it was our first time being back in a couple of years, we fell short. Um, I thought that last year, you know, um, we, you know, that fuel of the fire. So it's been more consistent throughout the year. Um, now, you know, we want to be a foundation team. Foundation is there, so we just have to be able to add on to that. And what I mean by that is I didn't think that we had a, a great core when I first got here. I mean, you you know, we weren't just consistent. Um, we didn't have players that I could go to. Last year we had that, but now we need more. Um, and so that's what, that's what I want. And I want us to always be a team that's going to play hard. And um, our players and coaches understand that every night we're going to play hard for 40 minutes. You talk about your first year you felt like you all fell short in the tournament. And I know this is a conversation we had going into last year's tournament was how important it was going to be to get back, to get some experience and get a win under your belt down there. And y'all didn't get that. And now you've got a big roster that has never played in Katie before. Um, you know, so what what sort of approach? How does that change things for you guys? Um, it, it changes a lot. Um, you know, like I know, having that first game up under your belt, it goes a long way, whether people understand that or not. Um, now I think that um even though we, we, we talk about it and things like that, now we have to have those upperclassmen to show leadership in those areas that we haven't had before. Um, meaning, you know, when we do play a big game, you know, they have to step up um, because that's what Katie is. It's a big game every night, um, regardless of the seating. 
And so, you know, we, we're going to, our leadership is going to have to be really good in game situation and things like that. Um, I think it was a big blow that we didn't get to play last year because, you know, like I know, um, that was a game that we needed um, for our program, not just for me or for um, my kids or just for the program to move forward um, to get that taste out of our mouth and things of that nature. But I think leadership um, help in that area, and I'm just hoping that, you know, our kids understand it every day when we're practicing, you know, that's where we want to be. One other thing, you know, we, we've talked kind of the building towards the season and the scheduling and everything like that, but another real unique situation y'all have had to deal with this year has been on the recruiting front and, and how difficult that has been and is going to continue to be. Uh, talk to me about the challenges of, of building a team for the future now. You know, I think the biggest challenge was, you know, um, you usually go, you recruit a kid for seven, eight, a year, two years, and you bring them down. Um, you get to meet them personally, and, you know, you get to spend time with them. Well, that second part of that we didn't have. We weren't able to bring them down on a visit with the virus. Um, we didn't get to spend as much time. It was all over the phone, Zoom, FaceTime, and things of that nature. And I think not just for myself, but I think what it did for athletics across the board is kind of like a job interview. You get on the phone, you talk to them. You know, um, does the interview go great? You know, you don't usually bring nobody down on a on an interview to the last part of it. And so um, now you're in a situation where you hope that you were able to build great relationships over the phone, on FaceTime, doing Zoom, because it plays a big role in the latter part of your year, um, yeah. that relationship um, part of the recruiting aspect. Um, we spent majority of our time, um, not just me, but other coaches, uh, on Zoom calls. And you know, like I know, you get kind of bored on Zoom calls. It, it gets overwhelming. You're thinking, what else can we talk about um, rather than having that in-face um, um, conversation? So, you know, I think that that's the challenge that everybody in the country is going to have is um, latter part of the, the year in their season is were those relationships built? Like, did they get stronger? Um, did you not see something on campus that you would have saw, you know, um, did the process rush you to make a decision? So I think that that is going to be a challenge across the board for every school. It adds an extra layer of apprehension Absolutely. in the whole process, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. You know, the other thing you don't get a chance to see, you're, you're not watching as much games in person. And, you know, game film can show you what they're doing on the court, but you want to see how are they treating their teammates when they're on the bench? How are they reacting with their coach when they're not in the game? How are they responding to things that may have happened on the floor, adversity or whatnot, and you're not getting a chance to see that now. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the crazy thing about it is, you know, um, off the court I'm pretty laid back, but on the court I'm pretty intense. And so, you know, um, the biggest thing we watch before we watch game film is we watch warm-ups because warm-ups, coaches are not there. It's the players, you know. Um, so we, we try to see if that player is somebody that's leading the warm-ups. Is she talking, you know, is she responding to teammates on the bench? How is she handling herself when she's brought out the game? You know, how is she handling herself on the floor? And you're absolutely right. Those are the things that we don't we don't get to see right now. And it's kind of scary because, you know, an intense person like me is I go from zero to 100 really quick on that sideline. And you definitely want to make sure you recruit a kid that fits your personality. One last thing, and we'll wrap up with this. Uh, just talk to me a little bit about how good it feels to be talking basketball, to be back out on the floor and be coaching and knowing that the season is right around the corner. It's a great feeling. I think that um, our first practice, you know, you're kind of just standing in the gym and you're looking around and 
you're just kind of drinking water and you just it's just a a feeling like buying a new house. Like you want to just go all over the house. You want to go all over the basketball. Like we just hung out in the gym before practice, after practice. Um, it's kind of like Christmas. You get up early. You go open up the presents. Everybody's smiling, having a good day, and you just don't want the feeling to leave. And I think that that's the thing right now. It just feels good, you know. Whether you're you're practicing, playing games, you're in the weight room. All those things feel good, and you're just hoping that it lasts forever and it doesn't stop. So, I mean, that's where we are right now. All right, Coach. Well, I know we're looking forward to it. We're ready to see you guys out on the floor. I know you are excited. So good luck this year, and we look forward to following you guys throughout, hopefully all the way through March, and uh, get back down to Katie and, and finish this thing out this year. Thank you so much. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank you for joining us here on Chasing the Cup. We'll be back next week talking more Bearcat sports. If you like what you're hearing from us this year, be sure and rate and review the show. If you're not subscribing to Chasing the Cup, you can do so on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Chasing the Cup is recorded in the Bearcat Sports Network studios in the new Wood Forest Athletic Center. This week's episode was written and produced by Jason Barfield. Broadcast calls are courtesy ESPN. The songs Hot Shot and Clear Progress are courtesy scottholmesmusic.com. This has been a presentation of the Bearcat Sports Network.